good afternoon. It is a good afternoon because God is good. And all the time. Uh, and thank you, Terry. Terry Haney, one of our new worship leaders here. Great to have her. And Chuck, her husband, is part of our church family. So, yes, we are blessed. We are blessed. Um, just as a reminder, uh, next Sabbath we'll be celebrating communion together, having the uh, foot washing services and the, uh, the Lord's Supper. So just as a reminder, during the first service, we will have it as traditionally done with the foot wash- washing and the Lord's Supper in one service. And then for second service, we'll do the foot washing beginning at 11 o'clock in some of the rooms here in the courtyard area, which we'll have direction uh, next Sabbath on that beginning at 11 o'clock, and then uh, we'll have the Lord's Supper during, during second service. So, how's it going, Jordan? <laughs> this is my buddy Jordan down the front row, if you haven't met him. He's a good personal friend of mine, and uh, he's a, a wonderful part of this church. He wants to be where the action is. So when the service is here, he's in the front row. <laughs> so don't hesitate. Those of you who like to sit in the back, you can come on and sit in the front every once in a while. It's, special things happen up here. Um, as mentioned in the prayer, um, Ray, I appreciate that prayer. We really need to be in prayer for our church at this time, for our world church, uh, and for North America, and for the leadership of our general conference. We're at a critical point in the leadership of this church, and uh, I'm not going to say everything I think and feel today, <laughs> uh, but we need a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. And I pray that by the grace of God, this church will be led like Jesus will lead it. And that'll be led with grace and mercy and compassion and vision and equality. So be praying that uh, what God wants to happen happens. And I also will say that because uh, some people, I know we all have different feelings, and I'm not going to, I don't want to say too much, but I'm Italian. It's hard not to. So <laughs> um, I would just say that if Martin Luther never did what he did, where would we be? It's just something to think about. All right, on to the sermon. Here we go. <laughs> uh, last, Sabbath, last Sabbath, we began part one of our prayer series. And uh, um, we looked at prayer as God drawing us to himself and uh, opportunity for us to know God better. You remember Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1. He prayed continually that people in Ephesus would know him better. That was his prayer request. And so prayer is an opportunity for us to get to know God better and to be in a relationship with him. And as I shared last week, which some of you were surprised to learn of some of these things, I just want to repeat them again in case you weren't here last Sabbath. There are many things that we are doing in this church related to prayer. Of course, you've seen the prayer quilt ministry. That is a vital part of our ministries here at Calamesa. We also have um, online, you can put prayer requests. It goes immediately to the pastoral staff and to the prayer team. And so if you'd like to share your prayer request that way, you can do so. Also, we have people scheduled to pray. So during this service right now, there are people back in the music room, a group of people praying during the worship service, just interceding for us and that God's will would be done in this worship service. During the first service, they pray in my study off to my right. And it happens every worship service that we have here at Calamesa. Also, we have services on Friday evening for prayer. And uh, we also have opportunities after the service up front. If you would like prayer, if you'd like to be prayed for after worship service, you just come up to the front here and there'll be somebody here to pray with you. But also, any of the pastors, uh, if you recognize us and would like prayer, come up and say, you know, I'd like prayer for something. We'd love to pray for you right then and to keep you in our prayers. But I would ultimately just love to see us grow as a culture of people who pray. 
So that even just when we're gathered on Sabbath mornings, if you're talking in the courtyard and someone says, you know, how you doing? Well, you know, this is happening. Like right then, could I just pray for you? And just pray. Now, I know not all of us feel comfortable praying sometimes with others, but uh, you can be prayed for and you can grow in learning how to pray. And hopefully this series will help and encourage us in that as well. But today we will be looking at um, what Timothy Keller has to say about what is prayer in his book, Prayer, Experiencing On Intimacy with God. I want to encourage you to pick up the book if you haven't, because I won't be talking about everything that he talks about. He gets into a lot of little details that I just don't have time to do. And even trying to shorten it up, I still go a little bit long. So I'm trying to do that the best I can. But you'll get more if you read the book as well as we go along. What is prayer? Well, I found a few images on Google. And I thought I'd share them with you, just some interesting thoughts on prayer. Uh, Let's look at a few of those. Prayer is... Putting oneself in the hands of God, according to Mother Teresa. Let's look at another one. Prayer is not a spare will that you pull out when in trouble, but it is a steering will that directs the right path throughout life. There's one to think about. And uh, I think I have one more. I love this one. If you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. (laughs) I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember one time, uh, not at this church, but at a different church, I was going to visit someone, and I was the senior pastor there, and, and uh, we had some other pastors on staff, and, and I knew that some of the other pastors had gone to see this person in the hospital, and, and so I was going to see this person, and they're like, oh, the pastor's finally here, and I'm like, well, didn't pastor so-and-so come and see you? And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, didn't pastor say, yeah, 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 but you're the senior pastor, and I said, you know, when it gets to me coming to see you, then you're in trouble, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, is something wrong? I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I was just joking with them, of course. So if I come visit you, know that there's nothing wrong. There's nothing happening there. Some of us at times may feel like we are more agnostic when it comes to prayer. Prayer, what is it good for? Does it really work? Do I believe in prayer? Seems like maybe when I pray, it sort of happens, it sort of doesn't. I get what I want, I don't get what I want. Different things happen. Does it really work? Does it even exist? Is it really even a thing? Or maybe we don't even know what we don't know about prayer. I was uh, on my pilgrimage to the Magic Kingdom in Florida one, one year with my family. And uh, we were gonna make that trek to the Magic Kingdom take the flights. We weren't going to drive. We are going to fly and go over there and, and go to hit all the different parts of the Magic Kingdom, hit the water slides, you know, go see NASA, go see all the different things that, that are over there. And uh, I had everything completely organized and ready to go. My wife was even teasing me because I had one of those fan folder things, you know, and I had everything right in its place. And she told me, you are out of control. I go, no, you see this? This is control. I am in control of everything. She laughed at me. And uh, so I had everything. I had, I had a friend of ours arrange to, uh, to take us to the airport. And this person knew a lot about traveling and so forth, and he was happy to take us. And so uh, we went to, to his house, dropped our car off there. He was going to drive us and pick us up later when we got back a week later. And, and um, as we're going, I just pulled out my file of control, and I pulled out the plane ticket just to make sure we were all on course and everything. And I had one of the most awful feelings I looked at when the flight was leaving, and in my mind, I had messed up. I had thought that the time the flight was leaving was the time we needed to get to the airport. 
Yeah, some of you are feeling that pain, right? You know, that's not going to work out well. And so I began to pray. <laughs> but as we were going, he said, you need to do this, because this guy traveled the world. This guy, you need to call the airline. You need to da, 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 and, then, and if you even get through, you'll be lucky to get new arrangements and so forth. So I was trying to do that. Couldn't get through, couldn't get through. We get to the airport. Now, I'm telling you this story because this friend of mine didn't really believe in prayer. Now, you know, he was a Christian, but he just, he just didn't believe, like, you know, prayer, I don't know, I don't think it's, I think it's more of a psychological thing, I think it's kind of like a self thing, I don't, I just don't know that it really works, is God really listening, and so on, and so we had lots of conversations up to that point, and, um, and so we get up there, and I said, I, I said, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to beg, plead, cry, I'm going to do everything I can to try to get things fixed, and I said to him, pray, <laughs> and he laughed. He goes, okay, I will though. Just because I like you and your family, I will pray. I said, okay. So I ran in. I grabbed the children. We get up to the desk. There's a long line, you know, but I just went right up to the front. I said, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I said, this is an emergency. I said, I am a father who's trying to get my children to the magic kingdom. <laughs> and I was like, kids look sad. You know, do something. <laughs> I'm just a dad trying to get my kids to Florida to go to the Magic Kingdom, and we're going to miss our flight. Well, let me see your tickets. I show them the tickets. She goes, oh, yeah, you're going to miss your flight. It leaves in about 15 minutes, and there's no way we can get you on that flight. And I said, well, what can I do? Is there anything you can possibly do? And she goes, well, you know, it's going to cost you probably at least $350 to change each ticket. And I went, ma'am, I am a minister. I do not make that kind of money. <laughs> so if there's anything you can do, I would appreciate that. And uh, she says, well, let me, let me check. And she went back into this back room, shut the door, and I thought, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, I'll pray. She came out, <clears throat> and she said, she said uh, we're going to help you out, but your plane's not leaving until tomorrow morning, so you're going to be here for a day. And uh, she said, but, but we're going to change your tickets. And I think they only ended up charging me like $150 to change all the tickets. And I was like, wow, that was, that was great. And then she goes, okay, so, so we've, reser- we've reserved a room for you at a hotel. You know, so I said, oh, no, no, well, you know, I, I don't want to do it. No, no, we're going to pay for it for you. Really? I go, you understand this is my fault, right? She goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. She goes, but we're going to take care of you and your family. And we're going to put you up in a hotel at night and so forth. Okay, so... So I went out, flagged down my friend, and I got in the car, and I go, your prayers worked. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I said, well, I told him what happened, and he goes, that's a miracle. <laughs> that is a miracle. Now, I know that's kind of trite. This isn't a life and death situation. But for someone who is skeptical about prayer, and someone who travels the world and knows all those types of complex issues of changing tickets and, and the airline picking up your hotel tab and only charging you a fraction of this and that and so on, to him, that was a miracle, because that just doesn't happen. I don't know what your thoughts are on prayer. You might be kind of skeptical about it. You might feel strongly about it, but I want to share with you today that I believe fully that God has given us the gift of prayer, the gift of being in conversation with him, that he longs to be in conversation with us. There have been studies that have been done, and Keller refers to these in his book. One in 2004, a study found that nearly 30% of atheists admitted they prayed sometimes. Another found that 17% of non-believers in God pray regularly, and the frequency of prayer increases with age. Can you say amen to that? (laughs) I will say that as well. I think it increases the more when you have children. I think that's what it is, but... There you are. <laughs> In fact, maybe we should just have a come into Jesus prayer time right now for all the parents there this morning. We'll just do that. 
Uh, there seems to be a human instinct for prayer. And theologian Karl Barth calls it our incurable God sickness. Be drawn towards prayer. As time has gone on in the history of this world and in religion, there have been different forms that prayer has taken on. And, and Timothy Keller, I think, does a really good job with this. And he talks about what he calls kind of mystical prayer and prophetic prayer. And he talks about how some in the psychology world kind of got prayer more to go into as we look inward. As we look inward and focus more on our own consciousness and on our own strivings for inner peace. And what Keller suggests, and I would agree, is that I don't think we ever grow closer to God just by focusing on ourselves. We go, grow closer to God in understanding who we are and who God is by getting closer to God through the Word and through Scripture. And this dramatically and powerfully shapes our prayer life. My communication with God doesn't grow greater because I focus more on myself and try to lose awareness of what's happening in time and space. It grows stronger and closer to God as I get to know God through His Word and respond in prayer. And I learn more about who God is and what this life is and what God has for me and him together in this life. Keller says this, and, and I love how he says this. He says, prayer then is a response to the knowledge of God, but it works itself out at two levels. At one level, he says, prayer is a human instinct to reach out for help based on a very general and unfocused sense of God. It's an effort to communicate, but it cannot be a real conversation in a sense, according to him, because the knowledge of God is too vague. At another level, he says, prayer can be a spiritual gift, a gift that God has given to us and that we learn, again, through the word and through the life of Jesus. He says the knowledge of God for instinctive prayer comes intuitively and generally through nature, such as Romans 1 might mention. What Christians know about God comes with verbal specificity through the words of Scripture and its main message, the gospel. In the Bible, God's living word, we can hear God speaking to us and we respond in prayer, though we should not call this simply a response. Through the word and spirit, prayer becomes answering God a full conversation personal conversation and reply to God's specific verbal revelation in Scripture. <laughs> Do we have a translation? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back online and listen for that and see if there's a message in that. <laughs> I love what he says with J.I. Packard uh, scholar, theologian, in his famous work, Knowing God, J.I. Packer says this, knowing God is a matter of personal dealing. Knowing God is more than knowing about him. It's a matter of dealing with him as he opens up to you and being dealt with by him. Friends open their hearts to each other by what they say and do. We must not lose sight of the fact that knowing God is an emotional relationship as well as an intellectual and volitional one and could not indeed be a deep, deep relationship between persons if it were not so. Through knowing God, through experiencing God, he pulls us into this deep relationship, this opening of the hearts together. Do we not in Scripture see the heart of God opened up to us? We see it through the life of Jesus Christ. 
through his love through the son. And he opens up his heart to us and he invites us to open up our heart to him. And so Timothy Keller says, we'll put this on the screen for you. What is prayer then in the fullest sense? Prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. You see, God started the conversation, right? He started the conversation. He started this thing that where he spoke and things came into existence. And as he continues to speak, speak, uh, speak we listen and are part of the conversation. I love what he says. He says, Christian prayers fellowship with the personal God who befriends us through speech. The biblical pattern entails meditating on the words of Scripture until we respond to God with our entire being. It's this speech act theory Keller writes about. He quotes another author. He says, God's words have a power infinitely beyond our own. God's words are identical with his actions. Genesis 1-3, right? Let there be light, and there was light. What God's voice does, God does. God's speaking and acting are equated. Let's look at this in Isaiah 55, verses 10 through 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. See, God's words do not come back void. When God says something, he does it. It's not like me. If I say something, it may or may not happen. I still have to do it. When God speaks it, it happens. It's power. Keller goes on and he says this. If God's words are his personal active presence, then to put your trust in God's words is to put your trust in God. Did you catch that? If God's words are his personal active presence, then to put your trust in God's words is to put your trust in God. How are we to receive God's words? Through the scriptures, through this book right here. Now, I know I haven't done this in a long time, but I'll do it today. And one of my mentors taught me this years ago. You can still see him standing up there like this. He says, John, anything that gets to this brain has to go through this book. Scripture is filter. God's revealed will for us in this book. This is life. This is God speaking to us. This is God's revelation to us and what he has for us. Remember these words from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12? For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Keller goes on and he quotes Eugene Peterson, which I highly recommend reading Eugene Peterson. He has several books, but most of you probably have not read him because he's kind of the pastor's pastor. So a lot of pastors have read his books, but a lot of people don't know of his works. But I encourage you to, to find some of his books and read them. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful books, uh, deeply spiritually profound. And he goes on and he talks about Eugene Peterson, reminds us that because we learn language so early in our lives, we have no memory of the process and would therefore imagine that it was he, we, who took the initiative to learn how to speak. We grew up, right? At six months old, you know, my son did not all of a sudden stand up and go, hey, Dad, let's go play baseball, right? 
He couldn't even communicate except for when he was hungry, whining and maybe crying or whatever it might be, pulling on you, something, I don't know, to get your attention, to feed him. He didn't speak to you. But growing up, he, he took in the language so that eventually he could speak. It's the same thing with our time with God. Peterson calls the overwhelming previousness of God's speech to our prayers. Keller says this theological principle has practical consequences. It means that our prayers should arise out of immersion in Scripture. We should plunge ourselves into the sea of God's language, the Bible. We should listen, study, think, reflect, and ponder the Scriptures until there's an answer in response in our hearts and our mind. I love that. Plunge ourselves into the sea of God's language right here. Study it. Think. Reflect. Listen. Ponder until there's an answering response in our hearts and in our minds. If the goal of prayer is a real personal connection with God, Keller goes on to say, then it's only by immersion in the language of the Bible that we will learn to pray, perhaps just as slowly as a child learns to speak. Martin Luther said these words, we must first hear the word, and then afterwards the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. He works in the hearts of whom he will and how he will, but never without the word. Packer says again, there is indeed a place for silence before God. After we have spoken to him while joy at God's love invades the soul, it is appropriate sometime to admire and adore God silently because when two people love each other, there are times when they smilingly look at each other in silence, not needing to speak, simply enjoying their close rapport. There are times in Scripture where God will speak to us and we will respond. And there will be times when we're in Scripture where we are just in awe and speechless. Or maybe you're having that sense of forgiveness, that sense of unconditional love, and you're just in awe and in silence. I had a friend one time. We were, we were driving uh, quite a ways and we were talking, you know, quite a ways. But then there was a time when it was just silent for a long time. And I'll never forget, he, he said to me, he says, you know you have a good friend when you can go a long time without talking in the same car and it doesn't feel uncomfortable. It's like, you know what, that's right. And sometimes time with Jesus, there's not a lot of words shared sometimes, but you're comfortable because you're with your friend. And they know you and you know them. Keller says, we would never produce the full range of biblical prayer if we were initiating prayer according to our own inner needs and psychology. It can only be produced if we are responding in prayer according to who God is as revealed in Scripture. Eugene Peterson again says that your starting point for prayer must be immersion in God's will. If God is not the starting point, now listen to this. If God is not the starting point, then our own perceived emotional needs become the drivers and sole focus of our prayer. Without immersion in God's words, our prayers may not be merely limited and shallow, but also untethered from reality. We may be responding not to the real God, but to what we wish God in life to be like. Indeed, if left to themselves, our hearts will tend to create a God who doesn't exist. You see the seriousness of this church? It can be easy to go on and just kind of, you know, talk to God, which is wonderful. We need to have conversational prayer. But if we are not constantly rooted and grounded in Scripture, then we might be limited by the ceiling of our own self. And we want to be lifted higher. 
with God in our relationships and our prayer. Peterson has put it very bluntly. Left to ourselves, we will pray to some God who speaks what we will like hearing. Or to the part of God we manage to understand. But what is critical is that we speak to the God who speaks to us and to everything that he speaks to us. There is a difference between praying to an unknown God whom we may hope to discover in our praying and praying to a known God revealed through Israel and Jesus Christ who speaks our language. In the first, we indulge our appetite for religious fulfillment. In the second, we practice obedient faith. The first is a lot more fun. The second is a lot more important. What is essential in prayer is not that we learn to express ourselves, but that we learn to answer God. God speaks to us in his word. We respond in prayer, entering into the divine conversation, into communion with God. What an amazing experience God calls us into. To listen to him. To to hold in awe the word of God that he's given to us to reveal himself. Sometimes, you know, I'll be talking with people and they're saying, you know, I just want to hear from God. And I say, well, what has he said to you lately? Well, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Well, what has he said to you lately in scripture? Well, maybe it's been a while. Or, well, he said this. Well, then he's speaking. You know, and sometimes church, I'll just say my own journey, there's times I'm like waiting to hear from God on something. And then I'm thinking, wait, well, what has he said last that maybe I haven't followed through on? And I go back and I think about ways God has revealed himself through scripture to me. And sometimes I think, this is just my own theory, but sometimes I think God isn't going to say something up further down the road when he's already said something here that I haven't responded to. And I need to listen to that. Because I might be thinking things down the road here, and he's saying, we can't go there until we've been here. Maybe there's things like making things right with somebody. Maybe there's just things of trusting God. We could come up with a list, but... Church, I fully believe God speaks to us through this book right here. He fully speaks to us. And every single day we have the opportunity to listen to how God wants to reveal himself to us and to speak to us directly. Right here. And then we get to respond. He speaks, we listen, we speak, and he listens. This wonderful conversation happens. And it doesn't just have to happen at one place in time. We can take this word with us in our heads, memorizing scripture and listen to God as we go about our day and we can speak to him through the day. I thought in closing I would just share a little bit, maybe of a couple of examples of how I like to do this and I think probably many of you do this. But I was thinking, for instance, A few weeks ago, we looked at the passage in Luke chapter 5, 1 through 11 of Jesus getting in Peter's boat. And being in that passage, if I were in that passage, and as I was, in fact, fact, that sermon came out of some time with Jesus alone, just being with Jesus alone in that passage, and God speaking to me personally, and then eventually coming about as a sermon. But as you think about that story, you might be reading the story, and, and as you're listening to God speak through the gospel of Luke, you might be sensing that, that Jesus has been wanting to get into your boat and maybe, maybe been wanting to keep him out of my boat. 
Because we like control, right? And when Jesus gets in our boat, we lose control. And he might be getting into my boat and I might be there with Jesus in the scripture and praying and, and maybe, maybe actually saying, Jesus, I want you to get into my boat. I want you to take control of my boat. I don't want to just push out from, from the shore. I want, I want to put out into the deep with you. I want to go into the deep waters with you. And that scares me, but as long as you're in the boat with me, we're good. Or maybe I find myself at the knees of Jesus like Peter with the fish all around me and, and I just need to humble myself before Jesus and fall at his feet and ask forgiveness, confess myself as a sinner and recognize him as a holy God and spend time praying about that. And maybe as I go on in the passage, I, I get to shore with Jesus and he's inviting me now to go fish for men. And I say, Jesus, I'm not sure what that looks like this week. I, I think I have some ideas, but, but would, you just, would you just get rid of all my preconceived ideas and help me to be open to what you're gonna do this week and what that looks like in my schedule? Or maybe as one more example, that wonderful passage of Mary and Martha at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus and his disciples were on their way and he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made and she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And maybe right there I would be drawn to the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, Sometimes I find sitting at your feet a challenge because there's so many things that call me to be distracted. So Lord, forgive me for the times I'm distracted by all the preparations. And help me to, help me to see what, what distractions, what preparations really don't have to happen that are keeping me away from your feet. But Lord, my desire is to sit at your feet and to listen. Maybe as I go on, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Lord, here are the things I'm worried about. Here are the things that I'm upset about. And right now they feel like many. So Lord, I just put them at your feet because you say there's only one thing that's needed. It's not all these other things. And Mary has chosen what is better. Jesus, give me the grace to choose always what's better and not just what's good, but what is better. And I thank you, Lord that our relationship together will never be taken away from me, no matter what. Maybe it would look something like that. Listening and talking. Listening and talking. Not talk, 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 but listening and talking. And maybe even listening and be still and talking and giving thanks, giving adoration, confession, supplication, giving glory to God, singing hallelujahs. But God desires us to be in this prayer relationship with him. He invites us to listen. He invites us to speak and to be in communion with him. Let's pray. Jesus, it's so good to be in a conversation with you. It's so good to be invited by you to be at your feet, to listen to your word. Jesus, we are humbled that, that you spoke first. You loved us first, long before we could love you, and so you spoke. And Lord, we want to continue to hear from you, so give us the power, give us the grace, 
give us the intentionality to maybe clear a few things out of the schedule if we need to, to listen, to open your word, to hear you speak to us, and then to respond back to what you have said. May we do this throughout our day, Lord, morning, noon, afternoon, evening. Give us a hunger for your word. Give us the discipline to be able to be still, to sit before you in scripture, and to pray. Because, Lord, we all confess here this morning, this is what we crave. We might search for many things in this life that call out for us, but deep down in the core of who we are, we crave communion with you. And you have provided the way for this to happen. So humble us, Lord. Keep us on our knees as we go through this journey in this life. Take a moment now just in silent prayer. As we've listened to God through scripture, through his word, in our hearts and silently in our minds, let's converse with God this morning. life like a ball and chain I will sing hallelujah to the one who sets me free you will find me at the feet of Jesus you will find me at the feet of Jesus arms of Jesus I will find my peace and rest I hear him coming come to me and rest carried by my shepherd cradled tightly to his chest there and there alone my soul finds rest So I will rest in the shelter of my Savior's embrace, hidden safely by the refuge of His mercy and His grace. And I will sing hallelujah to the one who sets me free. You will find me at the arms of Jesus Mm -hmm. 
at the feet of my Savior, at the feet of my King. I will bow down and worship. I will lift my voice and sing hallelujah, hallelujah to the one who sets me free. You will find me at the feet of Jesus. You will find me at the feet of Jesus. And now as we go, may we go being a people who listen and respond in prayer to our God. God bless you.